Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lore Lodge official podcast. This is episode I don't I don't even know anymore. 14. Uh, 14. Good lord. We are approximately 14. two or three subscribers away from 25,000, so that's pretty damn exciting. Uh, and of course, we are joined today by Norman Keys the 3rd, who is both our artist and one of my best friends, and he's going to tell us about Hobby Lobby. Oh boy. You you want to you want to explain just give us the Cliff's Notes version before we hop into the whole... Oh, there... Alright, so if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, Hobby Lobby is quite a rabbit hole. I just gave them a goblin rabbit hole yesterday, so that's... Oh my god. Oh boy. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be uh, as a... Uh... Gobby Lobby? Oh, Gobby Lobby. Alright, so... Uh... Wait, Hobby Lobby. Really quickly before we dive deep into the Hobby Lobby stuff, just because we've gotten a couple comments of it so far... I mean, might want to give people an update on the new schedule. Oh, yes. all right, sure. Um, so just to really quickly get into that, because he has a job and I have school. He's going to New York. He doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. We are going to be doing, uh, the podcast will be Monday nights, um, and then Tuesdays will be History Hut, Wednesdays will be Storytime, Thursdays will either be off or Thornberry Thursdays, and Friday will be uh, story time as well, and then Saturday will be lore. So you will be getting five to six days of content every week. My God! And keep in mind, like we're doing that on top of a full time full time <coughs> student and on top of a full time job. So please bear with us if it's a little rocky still in the very beginning. Thankfully, I'm almost done moving in. I finally got a car. Um, what was the other thing? There was something else that was problematic. Oh, yeah, job. Uh, yeah. And things like that. Oh, yeah. uh, so yeah. things are starting to calm down a little bit for me, so I'm actually able to like do things more and like be helpful on I, a more I've, consistent basis. I've become nocturnal. He has, um, unfortunately. To, I, <laughs> I went to bed at 8 a.m. this morning, and I woke up at 3 p.m. Well, yeah, remind them why the case is for that. Yeah, I'm, uh, I go to school in Wales, but I live in Pennsylvania. So... Now, see, if, like, if you aren't familiar with geography for some godforsaken reason... If you're American. It, it, <laughs> may, it may seem as though he lives in a uh, small European country, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but in fact, Pennsylvania is a state in the United States that is five hours behind Wales. I don't think anybody's that bad at geography. You would be surprised. Right. I think... Are we going back or forward an hour? In We fall back. We fall back? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fall back, spring forward. God, I'm going to be six hours behind. Mm-hmm. Good lord, I'm going to have class at 4 a.m. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> oh. All right, well, anyway. <laughs> back to it. Why? Hmm? We were why asked what? why. Um, why will I have class at 4 a.m.? Because I... Oh, no, I think that was in response to... Uh, Alex saying they should have you on the podcast to Russell. I mean, we could. We could. We always need guests. Russell, if you have something worth talking about, DM one of us. If you don't have something worth talking about, then DM one of us. (laughs) Maybe be more interesting. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) This is a non-family show, though, so, like, family word is still in there, so don't get too, like, crazy about anything, but, you know. I'm just saying, like, you know, keep it PG-13, maybe oh, borderline okay. I was R. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. X-17. Um, yeah, we're not, we're not trying to get, like, XXX to the State of the Union over here. Okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I knew you'd appreciate that one. 
We brought Norman here to have him talk about Hobby Lobby. Yes. Oh, boy. Uh, full disclosure, I, uh, I researched and wrote this paper about two years ago for class, uh, senior seminar. I This is the first time I've looked at this paper in two years, so I might be a little rusty. But Don't apologize. There. Never apologize. <laughs> Never apologize to the audience. It shows weakness. All right. <laughs> They'll eat you alive. There, there, there is just Glass so much. Glass of water might actually eat you alive. All yeah, right. considering the like all the cosmic horror she's been talking about. Yeah. Oh boy. Mildly concerning, but mildly entertaining as well. Yes. Thrilling, if if one might say. Anyway, sorry. Thrilling. We are interrupting our guests. We are shit hosts. Okay. So, uh, Hobby Lobby. They're doing a lot. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, which is probably most people, Hobby Lobby is owned by the Green family. It's uh, one of the largest privately owned companies in America. Let me see if I can find like the exact number for that. Oh yeah, they uh, they earned 4.6 billion dollars of revenue in 2018, uh, numbering 91 on Forbes' list of largest private companies, and they are still basically family family owned, family run. Uh, it was founded by David Green, and I think now it's taken over by Steve Green. Not so great in the details. What was kind of like the time frame in which it was founded? Like, oh, yeah. Are we talking Rockefeller time? Or are we talking? Oh no. Uh, so they have a. Uh, uh, a classic American story, where it's uh, David Green famously founded Hobby Lobby in 1970 with a loan of $600 to make miniature picture frames out of their home, uh, and then the company small loan of $600. Yeah, a small <laughs> loan of $600, and eventually growing into Hobby Lobby. Since then, it's uh, grown to be the largest craft store in the United States. The suck uh, it, Michaels. <laughs> Joanne Fabrics can eat this bit. I heard Michaels went out of business. Is that true? Yeah. Actually, somebody said they were like, "Yeah, no, the one that was like there or whatever's gone." I think they went out of business. It, I didn't like, look into it at all. Just, just like you know. the one particular store, or like Michaels as an entity. Again, I didn't look into it at all. Right. all. <laughs> just just going to defame like, Michaels for the rest of the show. If the, if somebody <laughs> knows the existence of Michaels, like in the state of today, uh, let us know in the comments. This, or is, in the this is just one very complex Hobby Lobby advertisement. Basically, yes. <laughs> We're about to bolster their uh, capital earnings <laughs> by year's end. By another, uh, like, yes. Our 25,000 subscribers will be changing Hobby Lobby's $4.1 in revenue. <laughs> Considering Glass of Water's capability to change the revenue stream of certain individuals. Yeah, Who true. knows? Who knows? Thank you for that, by the way, Alex. That, that, you have no idea how much that has helped us. <laughs> Sugar mommy. All right. So the Green family, um, for those of you who do not know, they are a staunchly American evangelical family with strong Christian beliefs. And uh, I don't have the number here, but they are they, the largest donor to Christian causes outside of the Catholic Church. Full stop. Wow. Um, so if you are affiliated with uh, Christianity in some way or a church, it's, and if you need uh, like a grant or money or funding for anything, a lot of people turn to the Greens and what they have done. Uh, just because they have the money and the resources to do all of that. Mm. Uh, so they are uh, a force to reckon with. Uh, they also, I think they had a, they brought a court case that went to the Supreme Court about uh, paying for, they didn't want to pay health care that went to like paying women's contraceptives Yeah. because uh, it went against their beliefs. Mm. I think, didn't they win that? They, they might have. I think probably, they won that. Probably on the whole like religious grounds thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because... Yeah. U.S. isn't big on public health care, and they are big on religious rights. Um, but anyway... It goes, goes back to the... God bless America. Back to the founding days. <laughs> so, um, they do a lot. And one of the things that they have done over the past couple of years is uh, they founded a museum 
It is called the Museum of the Bible. It is in Washington, D.C., and it is just off the National Mall. And it's this gigantic building with views of, like, the Capitol building and everything from, like, the top Clara story. Mm-hmm. Um, right in, like, the heart of the nation. And it's just... I'm pretty sure, like, the doors are two bronze doors, and they're supposed to be, like, the Ten Commandments. Uh, like, the stones that God gave Moses. It's, it's a whole thing. I'm um, sorry, but I think Dr. Jones has something to say about that. So <laughs> Dr. Jones reference? Yeah. They turn to dust in the ark. Anyway, yeah. Sorry. Well, these these are these are recreation of. Uh, oh, okay, that makes sense. Because yeah, yeah. the original ones were giant bronze doors. Hmm. Um, Wait, I, what? Yeah. Right. What? You're the religious guy. What? The original uh, Ten Commandments were not giant bronze doors. No, they were not. Okay. No. Yeah. 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 No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. For a second, I thought you said the original ones were giant oh, bronze no. doors, and I was like. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which Bible were you reading? Moses what? came down from Mount Sinai and he was just like, I got these doors and they were like, cool. Yeah. What, what Bra- are they for? He, he, I think from that point on. <laughs> That's he was, why they built Solomon's temple was to yes. house the doors. Well, and from that point on, he was no longer Moses. He was Swolzes. So <laughs> like, you can't carry those doors down. Just a, a meager man. Jim Morrison actually named his band after the Ten Commandments. Doors. Yes. Canon. Right. You'll find all of those clues within their lyrics. Very subtle nods to Judaism in the Doors music. <laughs> that, that's the deep lore. To my ankle. Oh my god. I'm trying to, there, there's just so much I'm trying to think of how to organize this. You're good. Yeah. We'll keep the chaos going yeah, until we'll, you have something like cohesive. <laughs> and then just interrupt us as soon as you I ready. mean, just, just give them... Give give us your intro that you initially wanted to give for them. Yeah, yes, that was a good point. Yeah. Uh, in July of 2017, the U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, otherwise known as ICE, filed a complaint from the National Craft Retailer Hobby Lobby to forfeit thousands of ancient artifacts, ranging from cuneiform tablets to cylinder seals. Hobby Lobby agreed to repatriate 144 seals in addition to a $3 million fine, in addition to policies, procedures, and stipulations for future cultural purchase attempts. In May of the following year, ICE returned an additional 3,800 ancient artifacts to the Republic of Iraq. But why is one of the largest craft companies in the United States importing ancient Mesopotamian artifacts in the first place? (laughs) In short, the Green family, owners of Hobby Lobby, is adding to its personal collection of manuscripts and antiquities. Basically, Hobby Lobby is the British Museum on crack. A little bit. It gets... Okay, so the story, when I was researching this, I was like, oh, it gets really weird. And then I was looking more into, like, the legal aspects of it, and it's like, all right, so it's not quite actually that weird. And then I started looking more into the museum part, and it's like, oh, the museum part's really weird. And so <laughs> it's 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 this weird up-and-down arc of things. Why is the museum so weird? It just seems like a very it. strange, like, taking... Putting all of your, like, monetary gains into assets, like, to an extreme... Yes, we'll get there. Okay. So the the wild thing is that the Museum of the Bible was not originally the Greens' idea. Yeah. It was uh, a guy named Donald Jonathan Shipman. Let me see if I can find. Oh yes, uh, it starts with a uh, a pious Dallas businessman, Donald Jonathan Shipman. Uh, in two thousand, he wanted to create uh, an extensive collection of biblical manuscripts uh, to ha- be permanently displayed in a museum in Dallas to be like this huge resource uh just amassing all the these famous Mm. manuscripts for the bible just as jesus intended just as jesus intended because they found a whole bunch of uh uh, biblical manuscripts in america yeah that absolutely isn't bullshit (laughs) don't forget the golden tablets 
Oh, yeah. The, those uh, right after the, the bronze tablets. Yes. Yeah. It was given to Moses. Uh, yeah, and so... Where'd the silver ones end up? The silver one? I mean, Odd for them to skip from bronze to gold. There's got to be silver somewhere, right? They felt really bad about being the first loser. Oh, yeah, that's fair. And they were smited off the map. If you're not first, you're smote. last. The term is smote. Smote. Oh, you're right. That's, yeah. Or, or smitten. No, smitten is to be in love with somebody. But it comes from smite. Does it? It does. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Very curious to see how that etymology, like, progressed. I think it might be better to have lost than loved in this case. Yeah, I think the difference between sm uh, smitten and smote is, like, active versus passive, but I'm not entirely familiar with the word, so... Smote's a little too close to a different word for my liking. Smote? Like, smoke? What? Smote? What? Smote? No. Smote? Like, around a castle? Smoke? The, the S, M, and T are the... Op, like the, the operative letters that are tomes. Let's just move on. All right. <laughs> okay. And so Donald Jonathan uh, Shipman, he wanted to create this museum. He didn't really know a whole lot, so he reached out to the scholar named Scott Carroll. And so Scott Carroll uh, was a Coptic uh, literary critic. So he did a lot of textual analysis of Coptic uh, papyri, manuscripts, mm. all that stuff, which is. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe Coptic. It's like, like Egyptian Greek. It, it, yeah, kind yeah. of. It was like Greek in Egypt around the time of Christ. Yes. Um, so that that's the era. Uh, and so he basically wanted to, and so these two together had the will and potentially the know-how to create this museum. <laughs> But what they didn't have was the funding. Mm. And so that's when they reached out to the Green family to hopefully fund this endeavor. Uh, and so they weren't really keen on it at first because one of the ways that they got to uh, $4.6 billion in revenue is the Greens are actually incredibly money savvy. Um, okay. So they went from $600 loan, $4.6 billion in revenue. And so the Greens don't do anything... They don't do anything with their money unless they can see that there is a potential return for it. And so I'm getting most of this uh, information from the book called Bible Nation. If you really want to learn more about the Greens, just read that book. It is insane. Um, but what the Greens did uh, on the side with Hobby Lobby is obviously they would uh, use their funds to help out people who requested uh, funds to help uh, further Christian causes and stuff. Yep. But... They would only do it if they could get some sort of return on it. And so they had what they called a real estate model of investing. So they would buy and renovate properties so they can donate them to their 501c3 and then write off for their profits. And so they would only take on uh, everything if it could be written off later for like tax purposes and reasons. Mm. But what they later figured out, and I, this is, I believe mostly Scott Carroll, who was in charge of sort of like this dynamic, is that the market for these manuscripts, antiquities, and whatnot, uh, relatively small. It's like you have museums, passionate collectors, like resource archives, um, and they all basically want the same things, but they, those are also privy to like public funding or university funding and stuff like that. So it's a sort of a niche market. Do me a favor real quick. Give the 
the thesis of this real quick again, because there are some people who have just joined who are very confused as to why you're speaking about Hobby Lobby. In 2003, the United States Army sacked Baghdad. Yeah. <laughs> it all goes back to 2003, when the United States sacked the city of Baghdad. Um, but really, there is no thesis. It's just a trash fire, and I think more people should know about this because it's... Wild, but, but give essentially so the, the, the what exactly that trash fire is in just like a one or two sentence distillation, so that way people who've just joined know what you're okay. we're talking about. So Hobby Lobby, craft store, they are used to buying and selling things in bulk, uh, basically be a retailer. Uh, they figured out that it made monetary sense to go into doing that with art objects and antiquities, and they ended up building a museum out of it, which is in D.C. It's called the Museum of the Bible. And they have been paying uh, through the nose in both like legal fees and just bad PR for how poorly it went down in the beginning, um, which I will get to it. But like you can sort of see where they went wrong and they've been pretty good about trying to uh, be good since then. But then just the Museum of the Bible, when you get into that, that's just a wild ride. So that's where we are. And I'm trying to explain how the Greens went from Hobby Lobby to buying these things in the first place. Um, so since the market for these antiquities and these manuscripts was sort of niche, um, and they come from like archeological digs. And so these things, they're either uh, like Dead Sea Scrolls, I think were in jars in a cave, mm. um, like, or you have like these errant books sort of like lost to time and then rediscovered. Um, they're usually not in great shape. Mm. Um, and so Part of what goes into pricing uh, art objects in general, but especially like antiquities and stuff that can be used, is it has to be like original, it has to be important, and it has to be in a good condition. Um, and so, one of the things that uh, oh, what's his name Scott Carroll basically put forward to the Greens is he said, "All right, if we buy these things on mass, um, things that were like relevant to his research." Um, what we could do is that we could then set up an institute to uh, publish research on them and also clean and preserve these objects. And then they're basically museum quality pieces. And so the people, the authors of the uh, Bible Nation pro Bible Nation book speculated that basically the main impetus for getting into these antiquities, was that if you were to purchase something that was not museum quality, and then you were to publish tons of research on it, and then you were to conserve it so it was museum quality, then you could donate it to a museum at a substantial markup, like three-time markup, yeah. and then write off the expenses. And so you would basically make money that way. Mm -hmm. And so that piqued the interest of the Greens. <laughs> and so... As it does. And so what they did is they established what was known as the Green Scholar Initiative. And the Green Scholar Initiative basically did those two things that I was talking about before. They were collect, they were sponsoring uh, research initiatives for people to come study these texts and publish articles about them. Because when you have objects that have more published about them, they become more relevant and it becomes more attractive for people to buy them. So that increases its value. And also just having all the lab equipment there to... Uh, take care of these things if you can conserve them properly so they can actually last in a collection mm -hmm. that also increases their value mm -hmm. so it's sort of an interesting thing because they are doing a great service by putting all the money into this 
by preserving all of these like uh, Coptic manuscripts and all of that. Uh, but Hobby Lobby, which is primarily a retailer, is used to buying and selling things like a retailer. And so basically what they do, and oh, and they decided this was all around the, like 2007, 2008. And so around this time was the stock market crash and the Great Recession. Um, and so all of these institutions that like house these things, like universities, libraries, archives, like they are fine trying to figure out any way to make some sort of money. And so they are willing to sell off some of their uh, inventory in order to, which is like, that's like last resort is selling off your collection. But people were doing it because they were just hammered by the recession. Mm, naturally, yeah. Yeah. And so the Greens then go on an absolute buying frenzy. <laughs> and they just bought everything that could potentially be related to the Bible. Um, and so I... I'm not sure if I have, like, the numbers written down here, but it is absolutely insane. Um, they single-handedly drove up the price of manuscripts and rare books in that market because they were buying so many things. By, like, what percentages do you know? Uh, substantial. I think that some books, like, doubled in price. So. And what are some price prices of books like that to give context? Um, so... Because going from $100 to $200 is a lot different than $100 million to $200 million. Yeah, I mean, it, it all depends thousands, on what it is. Thousands, generally. Yeah, yeah, so like, tens of thousands, often. Yeah, so if you think about, like, when people talk about, like, the art market, you have, like, these multi-million dollar figures. It's like, oh, this went for, like, $120 million. Mm. The NFT went for some ungodly amount of money. Still not sure what an NFT is. <laughs> I just don't understand why anybody cares about them. It's NFTs? Yeah, because it's like, I understand wanting... A physical piece of art, like mm -hmm. you know, something done by a historical painter, that is going not only to retain value throughout time, mm -hmm. but it's also something that like you can store somewhere securely, relatively. Mm -hmm. To me, and maybe this is my just ill perception of, uh, I guess, either crypto or digital data space, but I feel like digital data space is a lot more risky in terms of long-term storage specifically mm -hmm. because drives fail mm -hmm. you know uh servers fail things like that whereas you know what well what ladies and gentlemen live on stream we just hit twenty-five thousand subscribers let's go <laughs> i had check <laughs> i love it fantastic Congratulations. Um, thank you. Congratulations. We're going to celebrate by all going out to dinner after this. Uh, we are? Are we? No. Oh, But, okay. you know, <laughs> I like the idea of a celebration. I mean, we yeah. could because I'm very hungry, but besides the point. But, like, I, I just feel like NFTs in and of themselves are not, they don't have as good of investment potential. Yeah. So my, my two cents on NFTs is it's the same with, like, all blockchain stuff. Um, basically... The technology is just a digitally secure contract, so mm. it doesn't do anything for you that a contract wouldn't, but, or it doesn't do anything that a contract couldn't do, mm. but it's hard to enforce property rights digitally because, oh, I can just download this JPEG. Um, yeah. So it's not going to prevent people from accessing the image, but it's a way of trying to codify what do property rights mean in a digital age. Um, and so Nothing. I think... <laughs> well, and some people, uh, there is a potential upside to NFTs where it's like um, a lot of artists, they were sort of angry when they would sell to like prominent collectors and then 
prominent collectors would then resell those art at auctions, secondary mm-hmm. markets, mm-hmm. for substantially more than they bought them for. Like, they might buy a painting for, like... $600 and sell it for 10000 Yeah, or even, like, they buy it for $6,000 and it goes for $1.2 million. Um, stuff like that. Uh, so that... Rude. <laughs> yes. So, not the greatest. Um, but, but what the potential with NFTs is that there you can like put stipulations that like whenever this changes hands the original artist gets like a percentage gotcha. so that's one way that nfts could be beneficial so it's a lot better for the creator as compared to like more physical art is better for resale in essentially potentially um i i think they have use but i think they have limited use um yeah, so I, I basically conceptualize them as a contract. If you conceptualize it as a contract, mm. everything makes more sense. Um, they're a little overhyped right now, but... Um, we need Wendigo Milkman NFTs. You're right, we do, actually. That sounds like... That's probably like pretty... Has the Wendigo Milkman gone public? Uh, it has not gone public. Would oh. you like to reveal it? Oh, I would, I would love to reveal it. Um, so... To give context real quick, if you guys are curious, <laughs> Norm is the one who did our logo and pretty much all of the art that is in the lore lodge at this point in time. I don't, what's the best way to like present this to I'll the walk, camera? I'll yeah, hold I just it up walk, to the camera. I just walk it up to the camera. So, Aiden, let me know if this is a... Uh... Yep. Uh, move it a little bit to your left and closer to the camera. Up a little bit as well. There you go. Perfect. Is so about cat girls? That is... Probably. Oh. Uh, but yeah, Norman, feel free to explain what, what is currently on screen. Oh, that that is uh, the Wendigo, which uh, Aiden uh, asked me to do. Well, you, actually, when I when you asked me to do Wendigo, uh, I Googled no, Wendigo, and I went off of the first few images. I was like, oh, this is a Wendigo. And so I started making it, and then I gave it, it to Aiden. It was not the Wendigo. And then Aiden's like, what is this? And I was like, it's a Wendigo. <laughs> and you're like, no, it's not. I, I did not say it like that. Uh, that, that was basically... <laughs> That was not how I presented the information. <laughs> no, you were like, you were like, what did you look at? It's like, did you look at a picture? I was and trying I was, to be gentle about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, the original one, actually, uh, I think I have it somewhere on my phone. I based it off of uh, Droog, the yeah. the Russian friend. Um, which is based Russian off of a death claw. <laughs> which is based off of a death claw. <laughs> but I, I, I thought it would be good lore. Um, also, to answer anyway. whoever asked the question, uh, we usually start questions about... 8 o'clock. Yeah. But uh, since we started at 7.15, it'll probably closer to 8.15. Yep. Uh, Norman, you want to tell everybody how um, Hobby Lobby labeled the artifacts it was bringing in oh, to yes. get them through customs? Because that's my favorite part of the story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, also, to, to complete the explanation of the image that you just saw, that was Norman's drawing of the Wendigo Milkman. That, that is the debut of his new drawing for us. I, I just want to be clear, by the way. Everyone's been saying milk in the chat for weeks. Everyone's been commenting about the, the Wendigo milk on TikTok. And I asked Wendigo. Norman to draw the Wendigo. And he did. And then I think probably on, what, Saturday? Friday or Saturday, mm-hmm. I said, hey, can you put a Milkman costume on this? And I'm pretty sure I had the image within 20 minutes. <laughs> it was the fastest turnaround for a commission that I've ever seen. Well, because I feel like some like a request like that is so up your alley. Just oh, something yeah. that seems so random. You're like, oh, I have to do this right now. It happens so fast. Yeah. I, uh, I took a digital art class in high school because our high school had that for some reason. Our high school had everything. Yeah. We had engineering tech. 
Um, I'm gonna show everybody what I made in high school. But um, go grab the shield. Yeah, so I took a digital art class, and so I learned how to use Photoshop, and then I would finish my project soon. And the very first thing I did was I photoshopped Nicolas Cage's face onto Kate Upton's body. It was horrifying. <laughs> and, and I thought it turned out oh, pretty well. God. So I. I need this in high school. Oh my god, the chat's just milk. We had a CNC machine. We also had two 3D printers. We were the first high school in the state to have 3D printers, and we had two of them. Yeah, that was back when 3D printers weren't like. It was like 2015. Months. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at that. The chat is all milk again. <laughs> oh, there's a soup. Oh. Glass of water said soup. Good soup. Anyway. Alright. Oh, yeah, so, uh. Oh wait! Everybody, raise raise their water, raise their glasses of water in, in honor to glass, glass of water. Of water. <laughs> All right, but oh yeah, Call I found the these, Eldritch being. Yes. Yeah, I found these numbers. Uh, so they started buying objects. This is back to Hobby Lobby. Um, they started <laughs> buying objects in November of two thousand nine, uh, and then by June of two thousand ten, they had amassed over thirty thousand objects. So that is. That is a lot of objects. Um, <laughs> That's putting it lightly. Yeah, and so if any, I don't know how much out of any of you guys know about objects. buying antiquities, uh, um, no. but <laughs> zero. So when you have these antiquities, it is there's a paid for an old woman's OnlyFans once. Oh. Not at, not that was, it was oh, a joke about buying antiquities. Oh, but I, like, I thought it was a setup to a punchline of the joke. No, that was the punchline. Okay, of the joke. fair enough. All right, so um, <laughs> antiquities, they're in the ground. They've been gone for a very long time. It's very easy for people to stumble upon them or to just go grave robbing, finding these things. Um, and so... Average you, Tuesday night. Yeah, average Tuesday night. Oh, the in Italian, they got the best names. They're called Tomboroli. Um, but anyway, that's... Everything uh, in Italian sounds like a pasta. Yeah, that's, that's true. Oh, I, I thought it sounded like an after-dinner dish. Yeah. Tomboroli. A, a Tomboroli. Yeah, they got a cannoli and a tomboroli. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, where was it? So, uh, museums, back when museums were just starting, so like late 19th century, beginning of 20th century, they were just like, oh, we want these things. Let us buy these things. Um, and so they bought all these things. And then people were like, where did you get these things? <laughs> uh, when, it com when it comes to archaeology, you can really learn a lot about where the thing came from. In fact, almost all of archaeology relies on where the thing is found. Um, sort of like, uh, in the example that I gave, uh, it's sort of like, I have it. Uh, but anyway, so like, back in ancient Roman times, like, if you wanted to light your way anywhere, uh, you needed an oil lamp. And so, oil lamps are ubiquitous in the Mediterranean, especially like the Roman-style ones. Um, and so, like, if you were to go to Christie's and you wanted to buy... Uh, a whole bunch of oil lamps. I was like, there was a lot of 12 you could buy. This was a specific one that I saw. Uh, and like the unit price of that, those, those 12 was like $730. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's not a big deal. But also like most oil lamps aren't a big deal because we already know what oil lamps are. Mm -hmm. But what would make an oil lamp interesting is if you found like a first century CE oil lamp in a place where you weren't expecting to. Like, that could be very interesting. Um, and South I, America? Yeah, that would be wild. Antarctica? Yeah. Like, if you if you found those in the ground there, and, like, you do all of the, right, provenance research and dating, and it's legit, like, that's big news. Um, so, yeah. 
put an ancient Roman oil lamp inside of one of those pyramid-looking structures in <laughs> Antarctica. <laughs> you just put them in the middle. J- just to mess with archaeology TikTok. Yep. Or... Put a pen. <laughs> like a Sharpie? I was thinking like a ballpoint pen. <laughs> Think about that. Like in Antarctica? Yeah. In the temple? Yeah. Oh, I guess. Think about it. Like a ballpoint pen mm-hmm. that's just really, like clearly very old or like aged to be very old. Norman, you can't there. just casually name drop the temple in Antarctica. Antarctica. <laughs> you gotta obfuscate the truth. You're really loving that word since you got it. <laughs> now that I can say it, obfuscate. I w- it took me like 18 takes to say obfuscate last week. Oh, that's a good word. But think about it. Like, uh, an oil lamp in the in the pyramid. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, someone was here a long time ago. Mm-hmm. If you put a ballpoint pen in there that looks like it was put there a long time ago, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> How? <laughs> Who did this? The smelly smell that smells... <laughs> smelly. Um... You still haven't told us how they labeled them. I know, I'm getting customs. there. I am well, getting to be there. fair, that's mostly our fault. Yeah, yeah. true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so, when you're buying 30,000 objects over the course of just a handful of months, it's hard to do the right provenance research. Um, and so, that's not an excuse, but it's understandable. <laughs> and it's hard to buy those things truthfully. Um, there was even some speculation that a lot of it was just like on eBay. Um, and so I'm going to have another four right before we get to that part. Um, <laughs> what you got there? A smoothie? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, and so, and so love the icon, going back to 2003, when the U S and allied forces sacked the city of Baghdad, uh, one of the things that went down in the sacking of the city of the Baghdad was, um, the national museum in Baghdad was ransacked. And so, after the fighting, the fighting stopped in the area. The, That's the reason the British were really there. <laughs> <laughs> Oil and antiquities. Um, Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. And so when the fighting stopped, uh, the people in charge of the museum, they went back to the museum. And basically the entire basement had been looted clean. And some... They were thinking... I just love the idea of, like, the British Royal Marines, like, guarding the museum while a bunch of English archaeologists file in and out with artifacts. Yep. And the rest of the coalition's like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> they... Oh, my God. They're, they're like, like, not now, good lad, sorry. <laughs> um, we'll be that for tea time, then. Majestic, old chap. <laughs> yeah. But it was the... The museum was labeled as, like, culturally significant, for obvious reasons. You weren't supposed to fight near there. But a lot of fighting actually took place right around the museum. So that wasn't great. And uh, lots of holes. The museum basement had all these wax cylinders and uh, clay tablets was picked clean. Uh, there was some speculation whether or not it was an inside job because uh, of, like, really choice pieces were taken. Mm-hmm. So someone would have, must have had some knowledge about it. But the anyway. British. The British. <laughs> Probably the British. And so they're recounting this story. Uh, was a former Marine who was in Baghdad. His name was uh, Matthew Bogdanos, who has gone on to be the assistant district attorney in Manhattan. Um, And he wrote a book called The Thieves of Baghdad. And so one of the things that he recounted in the book was when he was going through and, like, trying to track down, uh, I think, like, terrorists later in his career, when they would find, like, encampments, they would find, like, stashes of small arms and guns, and they would find, like, stashes of antiquities. 
And so he was basically... It's like a real-life Uncharted mission. Like, <laughs> basically, I mean, it was probably based on his book. Like, some you, you go in, you get all the terrorists, and then you get a chest in the back, and 30 antiquities, and you get a bunch of coins that go into some bank <laughs> up in the upper right corner. Lego studs. <laughs> Your character's studs. like, I can redeem these at the British Museum. <laughs> or... Museum of the Bible. Museum of the yeah. Bible. The secret ingredient is it's crime. <laughs> but anyway, Matthew Bagdanos, after uh, having this whole experience uh, in Iraq and uh, like on his tour as a Marine, uh, when he came back, one of the things that he really... Uh, oh, one of the things that really stuck with him was he found this connection between like the illegal antiquities trade and like terrorism. And he was like, illegal antiquities, like if you are not buying these things with the right provenance... You are funding terrorists because this is how ISIS is paying for shit. This is how everyone is paying for things. Um, since then, uh, there was like a meta-analysis on like the research there. It's, it's basically has come out and said that it's probably more tenuous a connection than people originally <laughs> thought. Um, but anyway, even even if you buy a Sumerian wax seal on eBay and the funds don't go to ISIS, it's still not great to do because there's likely a lack of provenance which can be important um i mean are you going to find something culturally significant on ebay probably not but potentially but anyway it's always it's always good to do a provenance check and so when people saw they thought they bought thirty thousand antiquities uh and manuscripts that raised some eyebrows and so like i was saying before it's easy to uh Say it's like, all right, well, they're sort of new to this. Provenance research is very complicated. Uh, We don't necessarily want to cut them some slack, but we can understand where they went wrong. Um, However, some of the packages intercepted by ICE uh, in New York, they were scheduled to go from Turkey to Oklahoma, where Hobby Hobby Lobby is located. And the box was labeled ceramic tile samples. (laughs) And they opened it up, and they were actually a collection of wax cylinders and cuneiform tablets. Um, so, not strictly wrong, but also not sufficient information to describe what's going on. Um, so that's bad. And uh, they've been fighting an uphill battle since. Quite literally a what you got there a smoothie thing. I do like that, that how that just, joke came full circle. Yeah. yeah. Just like what you got there. Ceramic ceramic tile samples. Ceramic tile samples. It's just like imagine being the ice agent who's like tasked with determining if that is an appropriate description and just they're like, hey boss, come here. And they're like that's not a ceramic tile sample. <laughs> oh, it's just... <laughs> oh, yeah, and then they released a formal apology, uh, and they said, the company is new to the world of acquiring these items, and it did not fully appreciate the complexities of the acquisitions process. This resulted in some regrettable mistakes. <laughs> As they say, it's it's up there with made. It's up there with uh, the war has not developed according to Japan's favor or whatever the quote from <laughs> Like Emperor Hirohoto is yeah. <laughs> like the end of World War Two. It's like, yeah, that's 
That's an adequate way of describing it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I just... One of my favorite... what Just, like, when things get turned into quotes, just one of my favorite trends is just mistakes were made. Oh, yes. Put into the most flowery, flowery language you can possibly find. Because it's always really funny, and nobody seems capable of just saying, ah, we screwed that one up. It's always some, up. It's always something, except for, like, the Bay of Pigs when Kennedy was kind of like, oof. Oof. <laughs> I don't know exactly what Kennedy said, I don't remember, but it was basically like, yeah, this was bad. Yeah. I may have made him. Also, speaking of the Bay of Pigs, love how that's one of those things that you're taught about in class. But it's kind of taught about, like, uh, the CIA kind of attempted a beach landing, but didn't really go well, and they kind of bailed. It doesn't get talked about that it was a full-on D-Day-style landing that totally <laughs> failed, yep. and we had massive casualties. Because <laughs> we completely underestimated the situation, and it's then, like... didn't we abandon, like, a large portion of troops on the beach? <laughs> it was, like, D-Day and Dunkirk put together. <laughs> They decided That's they didn't need much in the way of air support because it's just Cuba. It's just like imagine thinking a beach landing doesn't need air support. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. Well, now we don't need to do landings. We can just do it remotely. Yeah. Like Zoom. Um, zoom I, invasion. I, I, I have zoom to believe blitz zoom. I have zoom to, creek. I have zoom. to believe that somewhere, someone in the air force or the marines or whatever you know uh, faction of the army does it the most. Or wow, faction was, of the military. Doesn't I was going to say, you're going to piss some people off with <laughs> yeah. that one right there. Um, I, I have to believe that someone, at one point, has decided that I'm going to change it up a little bit and executed a drone strike with either a PS4 or an Xbox controller. I think they actually do train them. I, I've seen that. I've seen really? pictures of that. Of them yeah, using Xbox to. controllers to pilot drones. So you hear like, you heard it here first, Atari everybody. Controller. If if you have played either uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator or one of the COD or Battlefield games, you probably make it in the military. One At my, at least one job. One of my favorite things that's happened to me since having a public presence was when I referred to Call of Duty Warzone as a tactical shooter, and a bunch of video game. People got mad at me and they were like, it's not a tactical shooter, it's an arcade shooter, blah, 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 blah. And then, it, like, an article came out that was, like, <laughs> about how uh, special forces teams consider it to be a really good training for mm. small unit tactics. Interesting. And I was like, hmm. Hmm, what, what was that word? Tactics? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you do? It, it Shoot? Now, granted, you can't pump an entire MP5 magazine into somebody and just crack their plates in combat, but still, you get the point. I just, <laughs> uh, for some reason, as you were speaking and, and you know you were making the, the the joke about essentially the fact that you were right and they were wrong, I was just thinking of of you like in the initial stages of it, we're trying to be like one plus one equals two, and they're like, no, one plus one equals tilde. <laughs> What? <laughs> I saw a thing on TikTok. There was some, <laughs> there was some actor who like invented his like own style of math, like predicated on the idea that like one times one equals two. 
And he has, like, this whole system based on that fact. But but it doesn't. Well, in his system it does. I gotta find it. It was wild. It's kind of like L. Ron Hubbard creating a, uh, a whole religion and Tom Cruise actually following it. I guess... Can't Scientology was created by a science fiction author. Yes. I guess... Uh, when I'm, <laughs> it's, it's fake. Now I'm thinking about this one times one equals two thing. Mm-hmm. If you look at it from the perspective of you can't multiply something by itself with that kind of logic. So it's like if you're taking one of something, multiplying it by one of something, then you're essentially combining them. So then it like so let's say you're taking two apples and you're multiplying them together, essentially combining them. Mm-hmm. Then the mass and assumingly the volume or whatever is doubled from what they initially were. Yeah, I think we are redefining math here, boys. <laughs> yes, we are. You're... It's like, it doesn't actually make sense, but if you take it, like, with that mentality of that's what it's supposed to mean, mm-hmm. then I can see how he's trying to make that make sense, but, or she, or whoever it is. Yeah. I mean, in modern mathematics, you're allowed to create your own sort of math system as long as it follows, like, naturally and completely from the, uh, what are they called? Um, the, like, first principles that you lay down. Uh, so, like, that's not the wild part, but he was also like, it was like, well, one times one has to be two. And then he would start going to like square roots. It's like, well, it's like the square root of one is one. And it had something to do with like the square root of two is two. It's like, well, the square root of two is not two. <laughs> um, anyway, I am no expert on uh, this novel form of mathematics, but I thought it was interesting. <laughs> this is my favorite thing about this show is we went from talking about the, the deep, dark secret of Hobby Lobby... Mm-hmm. To the redefinition of mathematics by some random celebrity, <laughs> and trying to like break that down. And if you go back and watch the recording, there is a reasonable sequence of events. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Show is ADHD personified. It is. And so, oh, what time is it, by the way? Uh, it is eight oh three. So we're getting close getting to question close. time. Right. So in that uh, story arc that I laid out before, this is sort of like the falling action of the first part, where it's sort of like. Alright, so Hobby Lobby made these mistakes, um, and basically, as far as anyone can tell, they are following all proper legal proceedings. They've adopted, like, the Association of Art Museum Directors, like, the ideal standards for acquisition. Uh, They have not done nearly as many shady acquisitions since then. Um, Just not excuse them for everything they have done. And basically... Every new headline where they're, like, sending stuff back um, was probably from that initial buying period. So that's what they did back in 2010, uh, and they are still paying for it, and they recognize that. Um, And then we get to the museum, um, which is wild. And one thing that is important to point out is that, legally speaking, these things aren't legally connected. Like... Steve Green isn't Hobby Lobby, isn't the Green Scholars Initiative, isn't the Museum of the Bible, um, isn't, he's part of the Green family, but he alone is not the Green family, and so, but he's also on the board for the Museum of the Bible, and he still runs Hobby Lobby, mm-hmm. and the Hobby Lobby money was basically was funding all this stuff, so it's, it's, complicated yeah there 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 are legal boundaries um read into those what you will um i think my favorite thing about all of this is that somehow 
Hobby Lobby itself had enough, like, earnings yeah. to fund archaeological, like, theft. <laughs> oh, there was this other story where apparently they, I, I don't have it written down, but it was something that I read, um, where apparently they bought manuscripts from, like, this professor who I think was, like, at Oxford, but he stole them from, like, the Oxford collection, and then he got fired, obviously, for that, and then there was a whole <laughs> brouhaha because they had, like, these stolen manuscripts. It's like, Hobby Lobby, where'd you get those? And they're like, oh. <laughs> um, I, I think that has been resolved, but just another uh, another mark on their record for acquisitions. Um, and then, as I said before, oh, going back to Scott Carroll, um, there is a video of him on YouTube, uh, and he is also a controversial figure because he, well, first of all, he is a text critic, so he analyzes like the words and the meanings of everything inside the text. So, like what it means, not necessarily what the object is. Mm -hmm. um, those people specialize in objects and object treatment. And there's a video of him on YouTube doing a rather controversial procedure. Um, so they're these things called uh, Coptic masks, uh, same uh, time period and all that. But what they would do is they would take, it was basically a paper mache thing and they would cut up uh, just like scraps and they'd put them together in paper mache and they'd make like these masks. And so in this video, he was trying to recover like what the, uh, the text was underneath. And so he was like putting this mask in the sink with like palm oil dish or like palm dish soap and just like scrubbing away all this, all like the glue on this, like almost 2000 year old mask. So he could get like the papyrus underneath. Um, <laughs> And, oh, he's quoted in that, and he's like, you, may, you might say, what a destructive process. But I would remind you that all archaeology yeah, is a destructive process. Um, Isn't the entire point of archaeology preservation? Well, yeah, but I mean, that really de it depends on your definition of preservation and what you're trying to preserve. Yeah, and uh, I, in my paper, I sort of uh, hearkened it back to uh, Heinrich Schliemann, if, uh, talked about Heinrich Schliemann? I have not. Go ahead. Oh, man. Uh, I won't say too, too much, but he was a very zealous German man who... Always was, a dangerous thing. He, he <laughs> loved the Iliad. He slept with it under his pillow every night, so much so that he funded his own expedition to Turkey, to where he thought um, Troy was. Wasn't he right about where Troy was, though? Yes. <laughs> um, so... At the time, it was widely held that it's, like, these were basically, like, stories. Um, they may be loosely inspired by, like, historical events, but, like, this is it's largely a fiction. Uh, and then Schliemann was like, no, this happened in a place, and I will find this place, and it will be great. Um, and so he finds this random hill in some Turkish farmland. Um, and he is like, this is the glorious city of Troy, and I will find it under this mound of dirt. And so they started digging and digging and they kept finding things. Like they found cities and then they would do like, they would try to date it and they're just like, oh, um, this is too recent. And they're like, all right, so what if we kept going deeper? And so there's like, all right, ignore the, the more recent stuff. We're going to go deeper. And so they removed that layer and then that was also too recent. And 
they're like, okay, but what if you keep going deeper? And so, <laughs> believe it or not, they did that about seven times. <laughs> um, and after the first, like, three levels, he was like, all right, we need to go so much deeper. We don't have time for all of this. We're going to blow it up. So they use dynamite, and they're just blowing up this hill in the middle of Turkey. And, like, no one around him really knows what's going on. It's just, like, dynamite and eccentric German man um, digging. This is not the worst thing an eccentric German man has done with explosives. Um, Correct. And they keep digging. And he does get down to a level which I'm pretty sure is, like, comparable to, like, it's around the same time period. Um, there are walls, there are settlements, um, and so he's like, aha, we have found Troy, and then it, they had to find, obviously, like, evidence of the siege of Troy, and I think they found, like, seven arrowheads, and he was like, alright, this is enough, we have found <laughs> evidence of battle, this is Troy, yada yada yada. Um, I just, I want to know how seven different cities ended up being built like sequentially on top well you of gotta another. remember that if somebody builds a city somewhere mm-hmm. there was probably a good reason for it mm-hmm. no of so, course but like oh and over time and it's not like a city just ceases to exist and then another city gets built on top of it it's yeah. like a city goes into decline a lot of people move out a new mm-hmm. group of people might move in and you know there's still walls and some structures maybe some but, resources left over exactly but how the hell they build on top of it because over time, there's things like erosion and... Sure, yeah. yeah, but it's like, how does that happen seven times to the point where people move out, then back in, and then move out, then back in, well, in, in such a short time frame? Because it was only a couple thousand years, right? Uh, oh, he, Homer was writing about the Dark Ages? No, the Golden Age of Heroes, yeah, which is before the... Before the Late Bronze Age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, where, when was that? Uh, the latest I've seen Troy dated is 1200. Um, I'm pretty so, sure it's considerably so is, older than that. So this is only a few hundred years. Then. Oh, BC. Oh, BC. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's still okay. So it's only about like three thousand years. Yeah, but it, it could have been further because, in order for the war that happened in the Iliad to have happened, that yeah. would have had to be before the Sea Peoples, before the mm-hmm. Bronze Age collapse. Mm-hmm. So that puts it before the Late Bronze Age, which is fifteen hundred ish, and so you're looking even further back. You know, My- Mycenaeans and Minoans and Probably getting to the point where you're maybe even 2,000 years ago, mm. um, or 2,000 BC. So it could be 4,000 years. Mm-hmm. Got it. But sort of think of it, think of it like New York City. Mm. Like New York City's been continuously populated since we built the city on it. Yep. But like buildings fall down and people like uh, do like reconstructions of different buildings, and they're just going to build not on the top. Best city to use as an example. No, also, but I'm, 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 I'm talking buildings falling down. <laughs> We haven't built a top of those. Yes, we have. Well, no, we haven't. We built a whole monument. Well, we, yeah, well, that's why yeah, I said we built a like, monument, but yeah. we didn't build buildings on top of it. Yes. Um, but, um, How terrible that would have been. <laughs> anyway, so, like, I was just giving an example. It's like, even a city as new as New York City, like, you're going to find yeah. example of, like, old buildings beneath, like, the foundations of new buildings. And so, if you have, like, a solid foundation, it's just not tall enough, you're just going to build on top of that. Um, Got it. So that, okay. that's sort of how that happens. That makes sense. Um, and over time, debris and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, just as a heads up, we got three minutes until questions. Oh, right. Was there anything else you wanted to fit in? Oh, yes. There, there is one main point. Go for um, it. And so we've been talking a lot about these people and their sort of uh, interesting approaches to things. But probably the most interesting character 
with regard to the Museum of the Bible is the president, uh, Carrie Summers. So Carrie Summers uh, was famous for being one of the top consultants who helped expand Bass Pro Shop into the shopping and, enter shopping and entertainment complex as we know and love today. Um, and then he went from that over to advising the Ark Encounter, which is the creationist theme park in Grant, uh, Grant County, Kentucky. Didn't even know that was a thing. Yes. Nor did I. Uh, the Ark Encounter made news after the state of Kentucky agreed to tax uh, incentives of uh, $37.5 million, or a quarter of its investment over 10 years. So they got a lot of public funding for this uh, Ark Encounter thing. They got public funding for a creationist theme park? Yes. I want to know who these salespeople were. <laughs> Carrie Summers. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. And that is impressive. And less impressive because it's Kentucky, but still impressive. Yes. And so since its creation in 2016, the Ark Encounter has become a sister institution uh, to the Creation Museum in Petersburg, Kentucky. Uh, they even share the same website, at least when I was uh, doing uh, researching this. Um, and they have a lot of interesting approaches to things and views. Uh, they use extensive, they extensively use dioramas. And so they'll have like replicas of dinosaurs um, that you can like, the idea is like you can walk amongst the dinosaurs. Um, and so, yes, uh, perhaps the most as controversial- your grandfather did. As yes. your great, great grandfather did. Perhaps the most controversial claim by the institutions to the timeline in which uh, dinosaurs existed. Quoting from the Creation Museum website, we can see the dinosaurs still existed during the time of Noah's Flood because we find dinosaur fossils today that were formed during the conditions that were right during the global flood. Dinosaurs could have gone extinct any time after these... Uh, after the two kind... Yeah. Dinosaurs could have gone extinct any time after the two of each kind got off the ark, just like many other animals have gone extinct since the flood. And so this man has gone on to be the president of the Museum of the Bible. And one thing that's notable about the Museum of the Bible is that they also extensively use dioramas and these sort of like live recreation things. Like they'll have um, period rooms of sort of uh, like the Holy Land and sort of you can walk amongst everyone and something like that. Um, and so one thing that was sort of interesting about what they were talking about for the dinosaur uh, story was they were presenting uh, like true facts about dinosaurs. Like a lot of the fossils are found and like in like riverbed areas, like cause uh, that's where like the right type of like silt would like fall over the bones and that would lead to like fossilization. And so they were putting these torts, like these things, which are true embedded in a story, which is not true. And so it's a way of sort of like, leading credence to uh, a possible interpretation of events. And so uh, one thing that was sort of controversial about the Museum of the Bible and the way that they have been uh, handling things and sort of like the central question is also, if this is the Museum of the Bible, why are they collecting like Babylonian tablets and Sumerian tablets? Because that, that was way before uh, in time of Christ. Um, and so one thing that's sort of uh, telling that's the whole Bible. Well, yeah, that's true. But um, one of the things that uh, they have an excerpt on their website about the Canaan form tablets. And so with the excerpt that it said, did you know that the world's earliest writing, known writing system first appeared in Mesopotamia? 
what we now know True. as uh, uh, we now know as southern Iraq around 3200 BC. Uh, within a few hundred years, cuneiform writing uh, spread through northern uh, southern Iraq, no longer just for record keeping, but for correspondences in business and political communication, including hymns and celebrating the gods. Uh, from these develop mm-hmm. from these developments came scribes trained in the art of reading and writing, many of whom worked at the temples of Pallas. Uh, cuneiform texts, a reliable written record of ancient history people for us to study and understand. And so, everything that they just said there is true. Yeah. But within the context of the Museum of the Bible and their uh, staunch evangelical approach, it's the presence of the cuneiform tablets and how it functions within the museum is sort of trying to subtly reinforce the idea of um, like the incorruptibility of the texts over time, mm-hmm. sort of like showing that there is like a continuous line of like written record from 3200 BCE uh-huh. to now. And so just one of the, it's one of those things where it's like, you're not, technically doing everything wrong because everything you're saying is correct mm-hmm. but it's like how does it function in yeah. sort of like the argument and like what you're trying to say yeah uh, as for why they should be able to have them exactly yeah not not it just to be clear about that it's not it's not a historical issue it's a should they have ownership of those artifacts issue mm-hmm. and to quote steve green we aren't collectors we are storytellers and boy does the museum of the bible have a, a story to tell all right, the Lore Lodge goes to the Museum of the Bible yes. next episode. Honestly, I've been wanting to go there since I've written this paper, but... We can take a trip. It'd be pretty easy for you to get to Manhattan, to Philly, and then us to all meet up and go to D.C. That's true. It's just been... We can take my car. It's been a... It's We're not taking your car to D.C. Do you yes, understand how painful it will be for you to drive a stick shift Camaro in Washington, D.C.? I'm taking my car. A, no, that it doesn't even make sense. It makes more sense to take the train. DC is laid out like a square and compass. <laughs> it's a literal Masonic symbol in the sky. I will take you want to drive a Camaro around a Masonic symbol? Yes. Emmanuel Camaro. I want to drive my Camaro period. around a city. Yeah. You want to drive around a city? I'm going to be living in Manihunk. Where do people with muscle cars tend to drive them? If they love their cars anywhere. <laughs> Obviously, out in more rural places where there's you know where there's an open road, yeah. that you can kind of open up the engine and. I'm not going to say not it's where be, you've got to you know. I'm not going to say it's going to be the the most fun driving ever. You're also going to get like three miles to the gallon. Oh really? In a city. In a city. If I just have the clutch in half the time, then I'm going to be basically idling the whole time. You've still got to keep going. You gotta hit the gas. Have you driven in the city? Yeah. Have you ever driven in the city? Yes, of course I have. Are you sure? Yes. I'm not talking times. about Phoenixville. I know. I've driven in Philly. I've driven in New York. Do you know what my Jeep gets in the city? Yeah. My, Seven miles to the gallon. Yeah, mine gets like 15 city, 19 highway. I think it's 19 on the highway. <laughs> yeah. Believe it or not. Manual actually gets better gas mileage. That's better gas mileage? <laughs> Dude, my Jeep gets 19 on the highway. And? Well, it's also a 6.2 liter V8. I mean, <laughs> like, what do you expect? 
My old Mercedes got a 27 on the highway. That's nice. It was really nice. Yeah. I like my, my 22 in sport mode, but... I think my Accord gets like 26. Yeah. Do you have like... You have the most... Like, I got this for efficiency car yeah. that you could possibly have. Yeah, what car is yours again? 2007 Honda Accord. <laughs> right. I was looking at Civics, and then my dad was like, why don't you look at Camaros? And I said to him, why would you put that in my head? Because now I got one. I can quite literally watch... On the ride here, the 20-minute ride here, I watched the gas the gas needle go down. That's rough. <laughs> I don't care. The, the sound is worth it. But uh, the 2007 was like that the weird like, transition time. Uh, so it does not have an aux port cable. Mm. Uh, so Or cable port. And so I had to like open up the console and go in the back, unplug the CD player, and then install like something that like an aux cable that would go into the CD player port, oh, and then like, wire it through. But now, now I can plug my phone in and uh, listen to music. My nose is killing me. What? So it's about time for questions. Yeah. And Pupper Pickles says, "Are you really a car enthusiast if you haven't wrapped your beauty around a tree at 100 kilometers an hour?" <laughs> and you know what? I think that's a different type of enthusiast. Uh, that that's a a thrill seeker, a a a adrenaline junkie, one might say. Um, I'm not saying I'm not one, <laughs> but I also drive a little bit more responsibly than that. I would say I've never been in an accident, so I think I've I think I've done well so far. Um, but yes, it is question time, as everybody knows or should know by this point, unless you're new. Uh, we try to answer as many questions as we can. Super chats get priority. We answer in order of most re or, uh, sorry, first super chats to the end of the super chats, and then whatever questions we can find in between. Uh, we answer all super chats. Uh, we will not be able to get to every question possible. Just so you know. Um, hate, just, just really quick. I hate being in school again because I just why? I got a message in the Discord for my class, which is a thing now. Oh jeez. Um, I don't know how and I feel it's I. I, too, am on TikTok, and occasionally I talk about how queer Arthurian lit is. Hmm. <laughs> how, long until they, how long until they find you? That's the question. I'm not sure if I should tell them. <laughs> no, no, but that's the thing. How long until they find you? Because what's... Yeah. Because they'll know. Because you show your face on, on the... Uh, in the classes, Well, the thing right? is... Yeah, the, the thing is, my, my Discord handle is the same as my TikTok. Mm-hmm. They're gonna find out. Yeah. It's just a matter of, do I tell them or... Let them find it. I, also, by you, the way, when I was looking at my phone... What do you mean how we queer talking, Arthurian lit is? I wasn't texting. I was banning somebody who was being a Nazi in chat. Oh, good. So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, so I wasn't... I was, I was wondering what, was that, what that was about. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be rude. It was just I was, I was doing my job. What were they saying? Uh, they, their, their handle was... Ah, yeah, and then they were just, uh, you know, they had a, a the flag is the profile picture, mm. and they were saying things on brand for somebody with that kind of profile picture and gotcha, name. Gotcha. So maybe we should get a person to mod the chat. That's what I've been doing, it's probably. Yeah, it's just, just so we can focus more. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, super chats. Yes. Feel free to send right, your let's, questions. Everybody. Let's. We had a few super chats. Let's start with those. Yeah, um, I'll scroll up. Uh, I can also open up the. Yeah, that'd be good. I didn't realize I'd blend into this couch when I put the switch on. Uh, yeah. Jive Money 7 for $5. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, said, have you seen the meme that goes, I'm the milkman and my milk is delicious? Yeah, of course. Who and, hasn't seen that meme? And can you make a Wendigo version of it? That would be amazing. 
Uh, we need uh, an animator. Potentially. Uh, potentially. That's, a, that's a Norman question, so uh, it's a good thing he's question. here. I need a side-by-side so I can All right, and I know there were some other Super Chats earlier, but they are far out of reach. Um, yeah, let me see if I can pull them up on the... <laughs> I'm surprised you're not familiar because that sounds right up your alley. I, I've uh, seen it. I don't. I don't know the image off the top of my head. Fair. Yeah, I gotta figure out. I gotta get into like. Uh... He's looking for the. He's looking for the super chats. He's looking for. Looking the for man. the ancient super chats. And I'm just sitting here looking pretty. I go to analytics, <laughs> revenue. God, what was the name of that show? Is that the? Is that the uh, the superhero show? I can't remember. Um, uh, Cosmic Matt said, quote, Arthur was star fruity star, unquote. TikTok user number 1334256. (laughs) (laughs) It drives me nuts because that's like an actual thing that people will do. And, um, it, like, I understand analyzing literature and finding places where we've either overlooked or deliberately ignored homosexuality, but the extent to which it gets inserted, pun not intended, into things where it just isn't there is is frustrating to me as somebody who's trying to accurately retell things. Um, you know, if you want to rewrite your own version of the King Arthur legend where King Arthur and Lancelot are having an affair... Then I mean, they lance a lot. By by all means, go on Wattpad and do it, but don't don't go back to you know, Lamort the author and and be <laughs> like you know, well actually this uh, you know sword fight scene is a metaphor for no, it wasn't. It it wasn't. Huff huff. And you don't need to do that. And doing that both delegitimizes your, you know your expertise and also the the movement that you're claiming to represent because mm-hmm. it just frustrates people and then you know people aren't going to take you as seriously like fair yeah you know. i don't know i i like literary uh literary analysis and like uh literature theory i mean i i agree to a certain extent there's sort of like there's like meaning and significance yeah. there's like all right what does this text mean uh which usually uh derives a lot of its uh authorship from the author yeah uh and it's accurate historical context although i also think that there is something interesting and could be gained from looking at things in a different way like i think we can all basically agree that freud was wrong about a lot of things but also analyzing art and literature through like a psychoanalytical lens i think can be really interesting yeah a lot of ways fair i just love the kind of not necessarily double-edged sword but it's like that fine line of a detail that actually has a significant meaning versus a detail that's just a detail. Mm-hmm. Like there's this like one... everything Dickens ever wrote. <laughs> what is your hatred for Dickens? Well, have you we'll, read Dickens? We'll get have into you that. Read in Dickens? I haven't. I haven't. But we'll read get into Dickens that in a second. and you'll understand. We'll get into it in a second. It's, it's kind of like if if you read the Lord of the Rings, right? Yes. There's there's this. Doesn't like he take three, three chapters? Yes. There's yeah. this like three chapters. It's mainly one chapter, but this this whole section of the book that's but he'll probably take like, like three 60 pages, pages to describe a tree, doesn't yes. he? Yes. And he does it beautifully. Um, but that's a little the, excessive. Yeah, okay. But the point here is, <laughs> there's a whole bit about this guy named Tom Bombadil that never gets referenced in any of the other any of the other parts of the book. Tom Bombadil is just there, he speaks in rhyme, and then he's not there anymore. 
I love that though. That's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. And but throughout that piece of the story, you actually learn something about Frodo, Sam, Merry, and Pippin's personalities. And you actually, you know, stuff gets revealed and the plot actually is furthered, even yeah. though Tom Bombadil is a completely inconsequential character. Yes. And I don't know, maybe somebody's gonna get mad at me for that one, but that's I, I've struggled to understand Tom Bombadil. I don't get it. I don't know why he's there. Um, and, I mean, there are, when? in Unfinished Tales, he gets referenced a couple of times and, um, and everything, and, you know, the Gandalf and Elrond are like, oh, well, you know, could we maybe ask Tom Bombadil? And they're like, nah, he wouldn't do that. It's like, clearly they're bros with Tom Bombadil, and they're just like, he's, he's just apathetic, man. Can we just talk know. about how fantastic a name Tom Bombadil yeah, is? That's name. amazing. But, but the point is, you actually get something out of it, even though his character ends up being rather inconsequential. With Dickens, it's just like, I'm gonna spend 20 minutes describing this rotten cake, and then give you some contrived purpose for it that doesn't actually further the plot at all, because I'm getting yep. paid two cents per word. I was gonna say, you got paid by the word. Yeah, it's just, like, yep. talk about a way to make a book suck, is to pay somebody by the word. And then look at journalism, and I think a lot of things are explained. Yeah. Well, but that's the weird thing, though, is because most journalism is not paid by the word. It's actually about condensing and, like, getting rid of as many words as you can. I thought journalists got paid by the word. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, it may depend on the story, um, but certain, like, types of stories have, like, every type of story has a word limit. Oh, my journalism degree is actually coming in handy here. Um, but, you yeah, know, generally, um, journalism is about writing and rewriting and just kind of condensing your story as much as you can to just the bare requirements of mm-hmm. getting the information across while keeping a little bit of style in there. Yeah, I was going to say, it's like... And then my... adding in a headline that has absolutely nothing to do with it but gets the views. That's not good journalism, <laughs> but yes. Isn't there, like, they have other people whose job it is to yeah. write headlines, so, like, the journalists can't even write their own headlines. Yeah, it's... the editors usually do the headlines. Yeah, it, the editors always have final say. Also, so, before we yeah, get we to the more super before, chats. Yeah, before we questions. get to the next super chat, uh, is long. thank you very much, and Glass of Water, that immediately made me think of the TikTok audio that's 10 Things I Hate about you mashed up with that remix of a song so thank you for that as well anyway um <laughs> you okay with it yeah uh jive money seven for five dollars thank you very much uh said since you have a design for the milkman wendigo could i make a 3d model of it and send it to you if you guys need a mod i would love to do it for you guys Send us a message on Discord because yeah. we, we may actually like use that. Yeah, uh, and feel free to send a, a 3D model. Of I, I would the absolutely with milk. take a 3D model of the Wendigo Milkman. Oh my god! Absolutely. We should we should find that would be phenomenal. We should find a, a, something for that. Would it be like a 3D printed Wendigo yeah. Milkman or a 3D file? model? Um, Just like Blender or I yeah, the other game. Yeah, I don't know. No. If is is it Cinema 4D or is it like we hack Mr. Austin's 3D printer? And just print that and over and over and over again. No, no, no. It's funnier if we had it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you would do it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Fair. Okay. Uh, next is Is Long for four ninety nine. Thank you very much. Okay. Says uh, if you had to choose, ooh, ah, where'd it go? Oh, hang on. That's if you it. had to choose one monster, cryptid, non-pleasant being to one v one, which would it be and why? <laughs> Anything, if, as long as I have a blue snow shovel. True. True. The blue snow shovel does in- enhance your chances considerably. Yes. Wait, what, what is the exact wording? Um, 1v1? Yeah. Uh, so I would like to 1v1 by uh, cuddling the Mothman. <laughs> yeah, it tracks. That works. Yeah, that yep. makes sense. What um, about you, Aiden? I mean, 
if I want to come out alive, then I think probably like you know I can't. I I just want to say I fought a kelpie. A what? I just want to. It's the Scottish water horse fairy being <sighs> that. Yeah. Fair. I, I want. I, I want a duck one size kelpie or a kelpie sized duck. <laughs> I, I want a one if you won the kelpie because then, it, like, what a story. How how big are El Chupacabras again? Uh, it really, I mean, they're small, right? The size of a coyote. Yeah, okay, because I was going to say there's, there's something really fun sounding about just taking a chupacabra by the leg and just yeeting it because that sounds fun to me. We should talk to you about your animal abuse tendencies. <laughs> um, related question. Uh, what's the largest animal you think you could take in a fight? Oh, God, we're on this again? Yeah. Ooh. Am I armed? No. It, a it, silverback gorilla? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> fisticuffs. Let's see. Um, I think I could... Because there's that dynamic of, like, size, but then also, like, yeah. aggression. I'd yeah. be very curious to see how I do against an emu, just to purely define... It's like, see if I'm better than Australians. Well, you know, we fucked an ostrich. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> uh, if they have the same claws as uh, ostriches, they could slice you open. Yeah. You guys know about the, the emu wars in Australia. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, so. And the emu nuclear test site. The what? The Allegedly a nuclear test site named Emu Field in Australia. Allegedly. Test. Test. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, I could probably take... If I'm being really honest with myself... I know I could one v one a raccoon. You know, honestly, I I'd be con I'd be more concerned about a raccoon. Like to, in my mind, bigger animals are easier. Like not necessarily in strength terms, but it's like when you're the one with the agility bonus, it's mm -hmm. a little easier. Oh, I see what you're saying. Also, the same point. Like in my mind, this is just where my head goes. It's really like it's harder to punch something that's small. You kick it. Yeah, but like that can also like climb on you. Whereas yeah, in my you mind, you can it. Yeah, yeah. Like for some reason, in my mind, I'd like I'd rather have to fight a mountain lion than like I don't know a snake. To each their own. Yeah, because then it, I just feel like there's. But like with a snake, like you only really got one shot. But if you can like grab it behind the head, yeah, you basically got it. True, but I'm thinking like also I like my mind also goes to the the pit vipers is like if the one bites you it's like that you're done. Yeah, I mean, like a, a mountain lion, you can survive a few scrapes of the claws and a few bites and still come out breathing. Realize quite how large a mountain lion is. They're pretty damn big. Yeah. yeah. And okay, right, and next question. <laughs> um, um, Russell the Outlaw for $5. Thank you very much. Thank says, uh, you guys think I should stop staying up for 24 hours to go ghost hunting up at the bluff I talk about? It's slowly becoming a regular thing. Uh, Probably. Sleep is important. Yeah. Says this guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think maybe taking, taking some rests would be smart. Maybe stick to doing it, you know. What are you doing? Uh, it's something for work, sorry. I just want to check it out. Uh... Grinder. Ah, okay. Yep. Aiden. Hang on. It's for work. I have to respond. I mean, you can keep talking. It but... is after hours. What do you mean you have to respond? It's just kind of the way things are. Um, anyway. Capitalism. Yep. Um, How does it work? Uh, fucking magnets. Trickle down. 
Uh, trickles down from the magnets. Yeah, I would say uh, do not make that a, a regular thing. Uh, yeah, no. Unless we're, you know, you want to invite us to come check it out. Uh, are we moving to the next one? Yep. Glass of water for $6. Thank you very much. Says, that old woman was young once. We were young once. Every time you say anything at all, it deeply unsettles me. <laughs> but it's the it's the best. Um, I appreciate another that comment. Ah. Yeah. Hang on, we jumped again. Is long for one ninety nine. Thank you very much. What's long? Is ever. She says, "I'd cuddle Mothman too." Gotta love a man of moths. Thank you. She gets it. She gets it. Ten me ten. Good to see you again. For five dollars. Thank you very much. Says yes. Please yeet a cryptid. See somebody's on my side. I, I, okay. The the image of. Eating a chupacabra would be it would be, it would quite, be great. Thank quite you, nice, nice. thank you. Yeah. Anyway, Bumper um, <laughs> Pickle says, "Dude, we box emus all the time. <laughs> Let's go wherever you are. I need to visit you because that sounds hilarious." Probably Australia. I mean, if he's boxing emus all the time, <laughs> he's at emo taste field. I Emos, the great emo might delete. The great emo felt felt emo again might delete. Oh god. Anyway. A uh, uh, glass of water for seven dollars. Thank you very much. Says, we are an island race, and oh through all our time, the sea has ruled our brinks. Be war, for there will be other ships and other souls to sail them. This is beginning. What? To, this is this is genuinely beginning to sound like a narrative structure is being formed. Yeah, and I'm very excited about it. I want to know where this is going. They don't call it the lore laws for nothing. Russell the Outlaw says, I'm a truck driver, sleep, sleep is a myth. Mm. That's unfortunate. Ah. Remind me not to drive at night anymore. Also, like... It's a cruise control sport. Truck drivers have, like, shifts. Like, you're not supposed to drive for more than, like, 10 to 12 hours, depending on the company. So, unless they're, like, breaking... Unless they're an independent the contractor can set your own hours. Yeah. I think even so, then there might be regulations. If, if, if you're not getting enough sleep as a truck driver, then someone is taking advantage of you, and I would take that up with HR. I take advantage of Aiden all the time. It's not being taken advantage of when you ask for it. Oh, good God. <laughs> you just gotta... You, you have to stir the pot every now and again. Anyway. Um, you do a little trolling. Just do a little bit trolling. Uh, Commander Canada said, I'd 1v1 a devil monkey again. I want to lead that war. Let's go. Oh, uh, Pupper Pickle says, up in the mountains in Australia. Yeah, let's go. We talking Queensland or we talking way out in the west? Um, that's another question I have. Was I, I asked it to some uh, Australian person, but I, I never got an answer. Well, this was like a week ago. But this, I only thought of the question about a week ago. Uh, Eastern versus Western Australia. Not necessarily which is better, but just like the differences. Because I hear a lot about Eastern. Very rarely Western, and I'm curious why. I mean, I know there's a lot less people in, like, I believe Perth is Western Australia, uh, and that's, like, the only major city. But why? Anyway. Um, I know, usually when you have a dangerous island video game, there's one side of the island that's more deadly than the rest, so maybe it's... But it's, like, the center of Australia that's, like, you're gonna die. Yeah, fair. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Uh, Russell like... the Outlaw for $10. Oh, thank thank you. you very much, sir. Uh, says, if y'all want to come to Wisconsin, I believe, uh, W-I-S, Wisconsin, Wisconsin. Um, 
with me and the boys will show you around the bluff, although some don't feel comfortable up there anymore. Also still writing up my second story. Wonderful. Looking have, forward to hearing uh, We have a friend we need to visit in Wisconsin anyway. Yeah. Oh, and Sedona wants me to go out to Illinois to visit her. We just got to find her. We should take a road trip. I'm down. We're taking my car. Do I get to drive? You guys no. talk again? <laughs> Why? Because it's my, it's my car, one. It's a stick. I'm not going to trust anybody with a stick. I'll, I'll learn. We'll see. Not on my car. If you learn it well enough, maybe, but... That's a stick. Yes. Well done. I like that pun. Thank can you Can somebody much. buy me a car so I can... So I can drive to Wisconsin, I guess? <laughs> I don't know. You have the Jeep. Yeah, but it gets really bad gas mileage. I'm going to be driving a muscle car. That I can literally watch the needle go down. Don't worry about it. We're going down, down. Aiden and I saw a really bad band on Saturday. I'm so sorry. It has motivated us even further to do our music thing. It was... Horrendous. Yeah, we need to get on that. Yeah. I also got approached by a random man. I got stopped on the way to get a drink at the bar to meet up with these guys. Just out of nowhere, was walking by. This guy stops me and says, "Do you play guitar?" <laughs> I'm like, I was taken off guard for a second. We were like, approached several times that night. We by were. Strangers. It was really entertaining, and none of them were anywhere related to Lore Lodge, which was even better. But the guy was like, "Do you play guitar?" I was like, "A little bit, yeah." Why? He's like, "You look like you'd be really good at guitar." I simultaneously got really proud and really heavy imposter syndrome, <laughs> and I was just like, "Thanks." And so, like in the back of my mind, I said to him, "I was like, well, at least I can fake it till I make it or whatever." And he was like, nah, no, nah, it's okay. You, you can say it. I was like, all right, I'm all right. I'm all right. And, you know, just kind of rolling with it. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I need to practice. I need to practice. I need to practice. So. All right, we go. have more chats. Yes, we have more super chats. Anyway, um, 10ME10, yet again, thank you very much for $5. Thank you. Says, oh, if you guys ever want to visit North Carolina, I got spare rooms. I'm pretty close to the mountains, so I bet there's spookies around here. 10ME10, we would happily take you up on that. I've got a number of friends who live in North Carolina, so I'd be happy to see them as well. Um, But yeah, if you find something spooky for us, uh, we'll work out a weekend. We'll come down and we'll uh, we'll explore it with you. There's a cricket down here. Love it. But yes, find something spooky for us. Uh, We'll talk about it. We'll figure it out, and we'll find a weekend to come down, because we would more than happily do so, and I just want to drive my car. Anyway, he really wants to drive the car. I really want. He to. almost killed us last night. No, I didn't. Two nights ago. No, I didn't. You, you can drive my car. No, a little. Sh- it was a little shaky coming around those turns. Yeah, but like, it was fine. It was more. It was more the fact that we were like staying in third, so we were at hovering around like the five thousand RPM range. So as soon as I came off the gas, we'd slow down a bit. But yeah, it's fine. We're good. Don't worry about it. Um. Glass of water for eight dollars. I just have to say, I, I do appreciate the fact that you're just slowly going up by a dollar. It's not going unnoticed. <laughs> just, just making sure. Uh, anyway, glass of water for eight dollars. Thank you very much. Says, believe in a universe that doesn't care and people who do. Gen Z in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, right. I love that. A jive money for five dollars. Thank you. Or sorry, jive money seven for five dollars. Thank you very much. Says. 50 babies from the forest or two big guys from the forest. Who would you want to fight? You can pick the big guys you have to or you, fight. You can pick the big guys you have to fight. Oh, okay, got it. So we can pick this specific. I would rather take two big guys than, than the 50 babies just because it's like the same mentality of like I'd rather take on an elephant than like billions of ants. Have you played the forest? 
No, I haven't. Oh, you'd want to take the babies, trust me. <laughs> trust me, you <laughs> want the babies. Waiting, I've been waiting to play the forest with you guys. I just haven't had the opportunity yet. Dude, there is something utterly terrifying. The whatever something about the sound design in that game is they made it so that the um some of the bigger mutants have a very a, a cadence that is very rhythmic. So you get a so it sounds like war drums, but it's just a giant six-armed mutant charging towards you, and you t- you're not exact, and it never it you never know exactly where it is. You just get this sense, like you hear it, and you're like, because the thing is, there's a if you if you're like one one v one or even two v two against some of the, like the just cannibals in that game, yeah, you can kind of like if you got the right weapons, you can kind of hold them off and whatever. Those things, you you gotta run. Oh, I can imagine. You gotta take them on in groups with spears, like Molotovs. Do you and if play, you're playing on the hardest difficulty, you get to a point where it's just like. Do you play with like noise canceling headphones? Oh, I play with my Turtle Beaches on you. Hmm. Nice. Terrifying game to play in the dark with Turtle Beaches on. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, I can certainly imagine. I can't wait to for, find For out those for who myself. caught our stream of it uh, last week, it, there were some moments where it was like sheer terror going on. <laughs> It's not a good time. We need to figure out what nights we're going to stream. Maybe, like, dedicated stream nights. That, that's a yeah, good, good I usually idea. do after the show. So I will be on Twitch after this. Yeah. I think it'll be good to have maybe maybe the days that we do the story times. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, all right, the next question from Glass of Water for $10 this time. Thank you very oh, yeah. much. We skipped a number. Uh, we did skip nine. Uh, I went, I'm, I'm curious as to why. Anyway. Seven, eight, nine. You're right. She's she's ahead of us. She this 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 is why she's a cosmic being. Um, anyway, nothing is going to save us forever, but a lot of things can save us today. These sound like some sort of dystopian government propaganda. <laughs> War like, is peace. But fortune cookies. Yeah, but fortune cookies. <laughs> Do you remember in uh, CopGov when I got the fortune cookie that said? Uh, only trust fortune cookie, never trust other fortune-telling devices or something. <laughs> yes, I do like, remember that. <laughs> I was like... That's fantastic. I also got one that said you will pay for this meal once, and I was like, ah... Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. Uh, glass of Water again for $11 now. Uh, says, become an old god who is spoken of in fear and awe. Force the world to conform to you. You are a religion all unto yourself. I want to hear all of these, but in Alex Jones' voice. <laughs> Become an old god! I can't do it. I can. <laughs> Become an old god who is unspoken of in fear and awe. Force the world to conform to you. You are a religion unto yourself. I also want to see that in yeah. like the, the Just Early <clears throat> Things script. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I want it. Yeah, it's like a, like a bridge in the rain, and it's sort of like blue and purple, and just the white script. Just it, early things. Is it? Is it a just cosmic things? Just cosmic. Is things. it? Is it a foreboding method or message from a cosmic being warning us of our mortality, or is it just a white woman's a white woman's Instagram? Sorry, I had to. Did you? Did you have to? I did. Was it necessary? It really was. You, I'm considering doing a fourth watch of Inside sometime soon. You've fourth. watched it three times. I have, yeah. 
how are you, are you okay? <laughs> like, are you suffering internally? Do you need to talk to somebody? <laughs> I think, as, as of right now, I'm alright. <laughs> Maybe before I got a job and everything was like, going together, I might have been a little like, oh, but... <laughs> No, but you know what? <laughs> no. 2013 will be my year. 2013. <laughs> I remember I thought 2012 was gonna like be my year, and then it was like just okay. Dude, we were like 13. I know, but for some reason I was like, because it was like you know uh, high school was starting and things like that or whatever or something along those lines, and I was like, yeah, 2012, it's gonna be a great year, and then it was just kind of like, eh, it was alright, it was fine. Well, yeah, 2016 was pretty good, and then it just got worse. 2017 summer was solid. I can't remember what happened in the summer of 2017. Me neither. But with the 2016 thing, it was also really funny because everyone's like, oh my god, 2016, this year is awful. And what happened <laughs> was like five celebrities died. Yeah. <laughs> Little did they know. Well, no, let's, let's not forget what happened in May of 2016 that changed the world forever. What? That altered our timeline. Graduated? No. Harambe? Oh, yeah, that was a good point. I almost got there. I forgot about Harambe. How could you forget about Harambe? I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Destro 4 for $2. Oh, you're going to like this one. Mr. Destro 4 for $2, thank you very much, says, Reject humanity. Become crab. I have an... (laughs) Progress to crab. I have an ungodly number of crab memes on my phone. It's... The crab cycle. The crab cycle. There is only one one step, step, and and it it is is crab. (laughs) Let me see. Do, 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 I'm gonna go Google do, Photos do, do, and just type "crab" and see how many come up. Obama uh, is gone. Do, 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 Obama's last name is Care. Yeah, the, these these all these all involve crabs. The animal, uh, not the anyway. disease. Oh yeah, and then another thing that I made. This oh, was. Oh God, it's the Pope. Oh yeah, you, you can oh, put that up to the camera. It's the Pope crab meme. I, I did this in some of my free time in college. That's amazing. Just past Photoshop skills. Chef's kiss. Uh, now we've got a Harambe chain going in the chat, which I'm very proud of you for. Thank you. Um, Jive Money Seven for five dollars says thank you very much. I say thank you very much, not him. Uh, when you stream, can you have goals for like gifted subs, like twenty gifted? Like, if someone donated enough, you have to do something funny uh, of that the viewers pick. Yes, like but Twitch. within reason. On yes. Twitch. Yes. Y- yeah, but I still haven't totally figured out how Twitch works yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll set it up. So, it, I, I'm going to need somebody to help me set things up. Yep. But yeah, I, I've been meaning to. Um, we just need to pick a night Plus, and do once it. I have the apartment and the studio, we're going to have much more opportunity to do fun fun stuff like that. Yes. Um, I, I do think we should possibly stream the Super Soft Birthday Party. Or at least part of it. Um, so wait, to give you guys backstory, Saturday night... Us plus Sean, uh, you haven't met yet. No, they've if they follow along on Twitch, they've met. Oh, Sean. yeah. So some of you Sean. do know Sean. Uh, we all went out and we just had a chill night. We just hadn't been out as a group in a while. And uh, Aiden decides to make a group chat with some other friends of his and and family members. Uh, sends a message. I want you guys to throw a super soft birthday party for me in reference to Letter Kenny, and then just left the conversation. <laughs> Describe it in the way in which you described it. <laughs> Opens group text, sends a message saying, I want you to throw me a super soft birthday party, doesn't elaborate, leaves. No, not just doesn't elaborate, refuses to elaborate. Refuses to elaborate, leaves. leaves. 
Impeccable taste, my good sir. Uh, anyway, next super chat uh, is from Glass of Water for fifteen dollars. Thank you very much. Also, before I get to the super chat, I'm just going to let you guys know we are closing in on the end of the show. So if you have a question, you haven't either gotten an answer, or you know you just really want us to answer it, now would be the time to send them. Uh, otherwise, we will be wrapping up pretty much after this one, unless one or two pop up in the next minute or so. Um, Glass of Water for fifteen dollars again. Thank you very much. Says. We devote ourselves to something we barely understand, we can never touch. We give it a name, we give ourselves a name. It creates this connection. And that connection, that becomes the thing we can. Huh? Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. There's nothing after can. It, it does, in fact, just end at can. I mean, it's all right there. Yeah. In yellow and black... Black and yellow. Black <laughs> Mr. And Destro yellow. says Chad abuses Aiden on Twitch. Yeah. For $2. Thank you very much. Yes, Chad <laughs> does abuse me on Twitch. One time, they, I, I hadn't fixed everything so that, like, there was a cooldown timer on, like, the, mm-hmm. like, bonus things. So they just spammed the hydrate button. <laughs> Why would you put a cooldown on that? I, oh, spamming hydrate's one of the best things that you can do. Oh, my God. I had to pee so bad. <laughs> oh, my God. That's awesome. Wait, somebody literally just said, can you turn off the cooldown on Twitch for water? We need to give you water. <laughs> Please take it, it off. Please take I it off. I couldn't. I was constantly drinking water. So? I'm like in a firefight on COD and they're like, hydrate. Uh, honestly, at this point, I need to switch to milk. Oh, God. Oh, no. What have you done? Oh, no. What have you done? Hydrate, but it's milk. Oh, boy. Hydrate, but it's Pepsi milk. Did you see the, um, oh, what's his name? Like, uh. David Brian Gilbert. I mean, he did, like, the milk-cooled PC. Great video, by the way. What? Milk-cooled PC. That wouldn't work. <laughs> I want one of those mineral spirit cool Did it PCs. work? Uh, for 30 seconds. <laughs> what? Did he actually, like, what? Did he actually, like, run cold milk yes. in pipes through it? Or just pour cold milk on the PC? Uh, he, he had a, like... Water setup like water cooled PC. Norman, look at what you've done. <laughs> he had a water cooled PC, again. and then he ran milk through it. And I think he also connected it so there was like an alternate tube so he could drink milk too. And the idea was that the PC would warm the milk, and so he would have warm milk while he was gaming. Oh god, that's horrible. Oh! So I think that's what you got to do now. Oh, oh! We should we should do the chocolate mile for YouTube. Oh, what's no. that? Oh, he doesn't know. Uh, it's where you run a mile, and every quarter mile, you have to chug a quart of chocolate milk. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I'd rather have to, like, munch down a ch- full chocolate bar every quarter mile. Well, that the, the point is up. that it's not pleasant. Well, the running wouldn't be pleasant after having that much chocolate. It would be a heck of a lot more pleasant than chocolate milk, trust <laughs> me. Fair. Uh, glass of water for $5 says, summon me for a deal. A group must summon me for my voice. How, how do we summon... I feel like I feel like we're walking into something I've told people not to do numerous times. Yeah, leave the bones alone. Leave the bones alone. <laughs> that Don't be touch the bones. Ten dollars hydrate with milk. Yeah, from ten ten me ten for that. We Thank actually you. don't have milk in the house. Yeah, I always. If you open my fridge when I have my apartment, I always have milk. Yeah, always yeah. and Oreos. I always have milk and Oreos. I, I was I want Oreos. Milk's favorite cookie. Yeah, and my parents not only do not have milk, but yeah. there is not room in the fridge for milk. Also, they keep buying there. pita bread, but it's pita bread that molds very quickly. 
sounds rough. Mm. So I was so excited. I was going to have some pita and hummus. I was there for that. No, this was tonight. Tonight. This happened again. Oh my God. And I go to open it and there's just, I was like, oh, there's a little piece of mold on the top, but I could probably just like, you know, not eat the top of the bread. I could mm-hmm. probably just cut the pita in half and have the bottom and I flip it over and just mold everywhere. I was yeah. like, and this is unfortunately after I had already had a piece. Yeah. That sucks. That's the unfortunate thing about also, fungus. Also, the milk chain has now changed from just milk to hydrate with milk over and over again. And uh, Commander Canada 213 is just making sure that we know that uh, you can never stop my power. I have rejoined thy Discord. How? Who is this? Commander Canada 213. He's, oh. he's been a staple of our of our chat ever since Yeah, but he keeps getting banned from the Discord, and I, I honestly don't know why. I have yet to understand why. <laughs> so did everybody, Pat- every time I ask, everybody's just like, oh, he violated a whole bunch of rules, and I'm like... Which rules? Which rules? <laughs> and they're like, uh, talking about violence, you know, sexual being innuendos, being Canadian, like, you know, a whole bunch of things, and I'm like, alright, I mean, valid, I guess, I trust you guys, and then... Then he keeps getting back in somehow. I'm honestly impressed. Big warning and soup. Yeah, Big glass of water for five dollars. Shotgun says, milk. Good soup. That would be hilarious. In the little like plastic like milk bottle thing. No, we gotta get the cardboard cartons. Oh god. <laughs> gotta go up to Canada and get the bagged milk. <laughs> the bag- oh. Slap the bagged milk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Slap the bagged milk mile. V- Vice war, but it's all milk products. Oh my god. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I just you gotta drink a-, a gallon of milk, eat a eat a tub of cottage cheese, <laughs> and like, is this the keto diet? I just <laughs> I just thought of an even worse thing than the chocolate mile. Sprite banana mile. No. Oh. The tequila mile. Would you even remember like the last three quarters of it? Yes. <laughs> well, it depends on the volume at each quarter. Double shot of tequila. All right. So what you're saying is we go to Conestoga High School. With a fifth of tequila each. Yes. We run a mile. We will get arrested if we do that. Will we? I, I, don't, I don't think that you can drink at a high school. What if we put it in a camelback? Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I do not condone this. Yeah. Um, if this ever happens, I said no. Ten, I mean ten. Oh, it, okay. Initially, when I saw hydrate with liquid bones, I got really concerned. I was like, I guess that is just milk. Uh, no, it's giant... the forbidden bone juice that they found in the Egyptian uh, tomb. Come again? <laughs> I forgot about you don't remember the forbidden bone juice? juice? I don't remember the oh forbidden my God, bone juice. Forbidden bone juice. I forgot about the forbidden bone juice. Also, Jive Money, Jive Money Seven for five dollars says the store is five minutes away. Why is my dad still gone to go get milk? <laughs> it doesn't make sense why it's taking so long. And hydrate with milk, please. He probably just ran into his buddy Eric. Yeah, they're trying to get it from the source. They ran out of smokes. So he's waiting for them to restock. <laughs> uh, glass of water for nine dollars. There's the nine dollars. Uh, thank you very much. Says if you guys want, I will be willing to talk on the podcast. Let's go. Ooh, We're I, ready. I, I, I want it. <laughs> We're ready. We're ready. Uh, the black mystery sarcophagus was opened, and now people want to bring, drink its bone juice. Yeah, if you guys don't remember, there was a black mystery sarcophagus yeah. that everyone was like, please don't open that, and then they did. Yeah. And it was full of liquid. Do you want to, like, put that up to the That's camera? a little disgusting, because the bone juice looks like rust. You know, I'm not going to, because I don't want YouTube to flag it. Oh, yeah. that's true. Uh, 10 me 10 for $5 says, get bagged milk and shotgun it with two <laughs> milk glass emojis. We might just have to. Milk me. Uh, also, it's 9 o'clock. All right, we should probably 
we should probably wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. So thank everybody, or thank you everybody for joining us this evening, and thank those especially who were super chatting the questions. You have no idea how much that helps us. Um, please feel free to check us out on TikTok uh, at the Aiden Mattis and Instagram. Uh, Snapchat. Pretty much everything Pretty much is everywhere. the Aiden Mattis for me. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm Director Aiden on anything that you should be looking for. Uh, Norman, would you like to plug yourself? Uh, uh, I posted two videos on TikTok, and I'm uh, Squilliam the Conqueror. Are there any dots in there? Yeah, Squilliam dot the dot conqueror. Squilliam like SpongeBob. Yeah, yes. let me pull up that picture. Um, do you want to give them your Instagram, or do you want to keep that private? Oh, that one's private. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, ten minute, ten me ten. Thank you for the five dollar donation for more bone juice. Thank no, you very much. Uh, and then yes, feel free to uh, check out our yeah. Patreon. You know, it, it's very helpful for us when you do that. Uh, you genuinely have no idea how much that allows us to continue to do this, especially considering he's a full time student. I am in a uh, uh, a. What's the best way to describe this? A brothel entry level job. Entry level marketing. <laughs> Thankfully not. Uh, I love my job. It's really fun. But as of right now, the pay is definitely entry level. And though I'm grateful to have it, period, uh, to allow myself to do things like this and you know uh, live with you know a little bit of uh, leeway. Uh, yeah, this has been extremely helpful. So thank you very much for your uh, generous donations on that. <laughs> IV milk into veins. Uh, Jive Money Vein 7 for milk? $2 says, Germany in 1946, where did all this art come from? What? <laughs> Jive Money 7 for $2 says, yeah. Germany in 1946, where did all this art come from? God. What was the movie about that? Uh, was actually, yeah, it was actually yeah. a really good movie. <laughs> Cosmic Matt says, Wendigo. Are you going to milk me? Aiden, I would very much like to. <laughs> <sighs> so good. Anyway, we got to wrap it up. Uh, uh, right. Check out our Patreon. This will be up on Spotify yeah. within the next day or so. And I'm going to hop on Twitch in a little bit. Yes, I have to go do more things at home, unfortunately. That's lame. Yeah. Imagine Still, having things to do It's home. the moving out process. I also need to eat because I haven't eaten since 10 o'clock this morning. I also have eaten. Uh, my mom made food, so yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, thank you, thank you everybody milk. for uh, joining yeah. us, and we will see you uh, throughout the week in our uh, recorded and uploaded content. We'll see you again next Monday for our next pocket. Do we know yeah. who the guest is going to be? I have no idea. Wonderful. So it'll be a surprise for you guys as much as it is for me. I probably thirty out. minutes before we go. Yep.